Okay, episode one of SR Fitness Podcast here with Stephen Physique. Thanks for joining us, mate. I appreciate your time. Hello. Hello. Let's do your story then. The guy himself who's blew up the internet. (laughs) You come from nowhere and um, you've now got nice good following. Got junior British champs under your belt. Yes. So let's go, let's go right from the start. For people that don't know you, like potentially my my people that follow it and stuff. Tell us a little bit about how you become junior British champion. Oh, it's a long story. But All right, uh, start from the beginning. Should we go right from the beginning? So um, what age did you first join the gym? Or what, what age did you step into a gym? Oh god, when I, I first stepped into the gym because my brother got a membership and I was like, Mum, can I get a membership in the gym? <laughs> Dickhead you. Um so yeah, when I when I did that when I was 16, and then from there, I didn't really take it that seriously, you know. Obviously, I got bullied a lot at school, and I used to channel a lot of my aggression through boxing. And then I joined the gym after a bit of boxing, and then I started channeling that that aggression um, from the school because I fucking hated school. So like, I needed I needed an escape, and the escape was the gym. And then from there, obviously, like it just grew, um, and then I, I took it a bit more seriously. When I got to college, didn't know anything about my nutrition whatsoever. Like, it, like in terms of knowledge about nutrition, that only came when I first started university. I, I start, I started spending time in a good, a good quality gym, um, and then yeah, I went to university. And then obviously at university, I kind of tried to juggle the two as best I could, but university gets in the way and and whatnot. And then from then, just uh, kept kept ticking things over with university. Obviously, got that out of the way, and then I dropped out. Yeah, I dropped out of university in my third year, and then I was like, uh, "What am I going to do now? <laughs> Fuck it, let me let me do a competition." Um, and then that was it. And then I first started competing when I when I was it when was it? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen was the first time I did. Uh... So to be fair, like I've been around, I've been around for a while, mate. Like I've been around for a good time. It's just uh, we were just talking off camera. Tell everyone how old you are. Uh, pause for a second. Let everyone take a guess. Smile. <laughs> and now, and now, tell him your age. So I'm 24 next month. What? So 24 next month. I'm getting old, getting on. Um, but yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I've been on. I've been bodybuilding for a while now. I've been doing it for a while now, but only correctly for like the, probably like the last four or five years. And then, really, really like in terms of doing it proper, proper like full time, I would say only like the last 12 months, if that. Um, it's gone a bit mad, hasn't it? The last the last year for you, which we'll yeah. we'll touch on. Um, but I think it's good as as we're going through this kind of timeline. So obviously, myself as well. I used the kind of gym and fitness to kind of battle kind of negativity that was going on in my life when I was young. And you obviously went through boxing, and you hear a lot of people talk about like how boxing is an escape from negativity and it puts you in a better light and and all that side of things. And obviously, the gym comes in line with that as well. So. What did you gain out of the gym when you were when you were growing up then? Apart from actual gains. But. I had ADHD, but I still do have ADHD. It hasn't gone away. Yeah. Uh, but as a kid at school, that was very difficult. And like I used to get in a lot of fights. I used to get a lot. I was enabled the naughty kid. Like my, my experience at school was shit. So mm. like when I when I got the opportunity to exercise, I've always been into my individual sports. Like I've probably played every single individual sport that you can think of. Golf, tennis, badminton, boxing, 
going to the gym. Like I've done pretty much like all of the major ones that you can think of. So I've always been a fan of being in control of everything that you do with, with an activity. Yeah. I've enjoyed that responsibility. And then from then, obviously, yeah, it was just channeling that, that sort of aggression from school. Um, Cause obviously mate, I was, I was German. I was German growing up in an English school. Like newsflash, there aren't many German <laughs> English schools. Do you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> You're um, asking for trouble. And I, unfortunately, I wasn't the kind of person that kind of took all the little Hitler jokes and whatnot very kindly. So, yeah, I landed mm. up in the hot water a few times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. So th- let's fast forward slightly then to um, to kind of like from w- what point in the gym did you then go bodybuilding? Like, wh- how did that kind of transition come about? I think the the first time that happened was when I went to university. I joined this gym called Legends Gym. Great gym, great atmosphere. Was right next to my university campus, only a walking distance away. Was £100 for the whole year. £100 for mm. the Like, very cheap, very good. Yeah. And then it was that. It was there where I met my first bodybuilding coach, Tom Haynes. And um, the, the goal was never to compete. The goal was just to get big. I enjoyed training. I enjoyed lifting heavy. I enjoyed the process and behind it, right? I enjoyed everything there is to it. And then people around the gym, as you do, they go oh, mate, yeah, lad, you, you look sick, you've got potential, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was natural at the time, and I tried doing I tried doing a natural show, and, um, yeah, mate, it was tough. It, it was not for me, like, I um, I went backwards and forwards. So I lived back in Brackley, so when university finished, I was still with the same coach. So every week I was going over to Worcester, travelling one, one and a half hours to check in, yeah. to drive them back, um, doing it naturally, and then it got to a point where, like, I, the whole the whole thing got just got on top of me and that was like the first thought that was like the first sort of attempt and that was mm. the, that would have been 2016 you know that would have been 2016 okay. so it's been a so while what, what were you a nipper then to 18 20 yeah i was i was like yeah and did, did that kind of you get the taste for it then that you're like actually yeah you know you might not have done well in that show or whatever but it was kind of like this is what i want to do then yeah, I enjoyed the challenge. I didn't. I didn't actually end up competing. I, I backed out before because it was just. Yeah, it just got too much on top of me. And yeah, like I, I did that. And um, obviously, the, the people I was with at the time, these, these two lads that I was living with, they were heavy on. The, they were heavy on the social media. So that we got involved with that, and obviously started doing stuff with that. Uh, and grew some grew some good following. Um, when when like Instagram actually liked people to grow and actually like fucking promoted it. Yeah. Um, now they like now they don't give a shit. It's like trying to grow a following is incredibly difficult unless you've got a fucking bone, a vagina. Uh, other than that, <laughs> difficult. So get on the OnlyFans, mate. Yeah, mate. I've been asked to, mate. I've, mate, I've done all the <laughs> worshiping stuff, mate. It's good money. <laughs> so for me, yeah, like that was the first bit into it, and then obviously just continued doing that, and then decided to take uh, a serious step and going on gear, like in 20, 2017, I think it was, mm. and then. then we obviously dropped, dropped out of uni, was like, well, what are we going to do? And then I aimed for a competition. And, um, yeah, I didn't do well. Like, uh, I didn't place. It was, I grafted hard um, and I let people's opinion of me gas me up too much and I took the foot off the gas. I took the yeah. foot off the pedal and then I came in shit. And also my environment right then, like there and then, like, as we're going to get onto it, like my relationship at the time during that situation, the people that I was living with, they weren't very supportive. It was almost like I was fighting up a battle. Um, yeah. Stark contrast to the situation I had leading up to this show just gone. Um, so yeah, like it, it was, uh, it was difficult. I still did everything that I, I was, I was told to do. I just fucked up too many times on the diet side of things. 
yeah exactly that and that that's a good point like rolling into the next one is is about kind of like the sport itself is is super super like selfish in that sense and if you don't have the right even like circle or even who you live with or family whatever if they're not supportive you that takes it up tenfold in terms of like how how difficult it is um so it's up to you like in terms of talking about how it was before what was the difference between say your first prep and then um you have a bit of sun in your eyes yeah yeah get your defectors on um and then kind of like the prep that we'll, we'll talk about for for 2020 so the difference so you're about the difference between the first yeah. one to now so well, what did you learn from that first one that you had to change if you were to do it again what i learned massively was that you don't cross the finish line until you're on stage that's mm. like it, everything that you do especially when you're trying to reach a target of looking a certain way on stage everything you do does not matter it doesn't matter how good you look two weeks out doesn't matter how good you're looking up to the show. You need to bring it show day. You need to make sure that you're crossing every single box. You're dotting the I's. You're ticking. You're, you're, you're crossing the T's right up until show day. That's one of the things I learned. Um, and another thing was environment. Obviously, yeah, having those people around me to support me. Um, because it wasn't, a con it wasn't so much a conscious effort to do that. Mm. I just knew that, obviously, looking back in hindsight, that was a massive, massive differential situation and it, and it just it just puts prep stressful enough and anyone who has prepped and listening to this they understand that it's stressful enough if you have a partner if you have a friend trying to get in the way and being negative you just don't it's not needed you just don't need it. you've got enough shit to worry about on, in day-to-day -day life mm. and you have to tick off for it to even like manifest like you just can't allow it to happen um and that's why I will say, like, being in a relationship and prepping is very difficult. You've got to find someone that's so inherently understanding of your situation and what you have to do, which is difficult to find, mate, because we're built differently. Like, the one thing I have realised that people in the fitness industry, yeah, we might get a lot of slack and a lot of stigma, but we're built differently. Like, the mm. way our brains think is different to everyday Joes. We don't live for the weekend. We don't we don't get get our Monday to Friday done and go, woo, yeah, okay, cool, we can get, have some beers on a Saturday. Like, that's not how we think. We just yeah, don't yeah. think like that. So trying to find someone that isn't in the fitness industry to understand that is incredibly difficult because they just see it as, oh, what's one piece of cake going to do? What's one piece of cookie going to do? They don't get it. First and second, it. normally, isn't it? You know what I mean? And that's the difference. Like you do, you do five minutes of cardio less or you eat an extra piece of food, you step on stage and you play second, you know where to turn. Yeah, or, yeah. Do that cardio. Oh, I didn't do, I didn't eat that food. So... Yeah, with, with bodybuilding, it, it's it's so anal, it's so strict that you have to get everything correct for every day up until that that show day. Yeah, most most definitely, mate. And I think it kind of moves us on into the next point that I really wanted to kind of um, dig into. When so say so, twenty twenty turns, and I think from from me kind of knowing you and following your socials and stuff, you're quite open to it. Is you had a bit of a a, a light switch moment, didn't you? Where yeah. September was show day and you had a six months prior to that that was just like relentless, weren't it? So what, what happened in, say, January that made you turn? Oh, I mean, 2020 was very, it started like from what, from from like, let me try and go back to that, that version of me. 2020 in my head could not have got off to a worse start, right? So I was with my, my ex for, I don't know, maybe like two years or something like that, on and off. Um, and obviously that, then I, I basically got told that 
like, yeah, we're not going to be together. I can't trust you, blah, blah, blah. And it was for a situation that wasn't current at the time. It was something that kind of I did before. Um, so you kind of get kicked in the nuts a little bit. And you go, okay, look, this situation isn't going to continue because of something you've done in the past. So at the end of the day, you've got to own up to your mistakes and you've got to own up to your responsibilities. So that yeah. for me was a kick in the nuts because I've never been treated like that before. And not saying that I got treated badly or anything like that, but I've never been treated like that before. So like for me, that was hard to accept, hard to overcome. Um, and then once I'd like, probably for like the, the next two months following into like February and March, I was very sorry for myself, not quite there mentally, like very anxious, very depressed, not quite sure of myself. And then there was one day in March where I was, I was sat in my bed for my birthday, man. I was, tw I was 23, man. And I was like, I literally just had a bit of a moment where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing? Like it's March and all I've done is fucking cry, be upset about this situation. That isn't going to fast Ben and Jerry's. Mate, that's what I mean. Like, I look like a fucking piece of shit. So, yeah. like, I was like, well, let's fucking do something about it. There we go. Oh, my God. Look at that. <laughs> I'm not techy enough to be able to do that, bring that screen over and stuff. But, um, yeah, for everyone at home, here he is. Fuck me. That was... Um, that Little was in, pot belly. Yeah, that was in March that year, man. That was so that was then, was it? Yeah, that was that time, man. And obviously, you can understand. When you look like yeah. that, you look yourself in the mirror... And obviously being on stage before and being that lean and being that, like, like level and then turning around and going like, what have I become? It was a, it was a rude awakening, mate. So I just fueled that. And I was like, right, okay, what are we going to do? And, and at, at this time as well, like I was, I was probably earning like two, 300 pound a month. Shit. Yeah, bro. I had to ask my parents to pay my rent for the next, for March and April, I had to ask them to pay my rent. Uh, because I couldn't pay for it. Um, no way. Tough time, man. It was a tough time. Yeah, so really. that's adding to your stress of obviously yeah. like break up and yeah, adding to everything, man. It was it was a rough like three three months of the year, um, and then obviously just started slowly turning it around and was like, All right, fuck this, like let's do something about this year. Let's make it my year. Let's do something about it. And um, everyone has that moment, didn't they? Yeah. Like you say, you woke up on your birthday and looked in the mirror and was like, this ain't happening anymore. And I think a lot of people can relate to that because there's a certain moment in people's lives i had one as well where i was like you know what change has got to happen and then it is like fucking switching it isn't it and you just go hammer and then run us through these next six months so for the next six months i didn't drop a penny mate literally every single day six meals a day steps because obviously when the gym shut there was no form of cardio it was just steps 20,000 steps a day, meals every day, didn't miss a meal, didn't miss a session, didn't miss a rest day, didn't miss a, a step count. Everything got fucking nailed for literally that day, I would say, I wouldn't say specifically that day, but I would say from April, the beginning of April through to the show day, mate, I did not miss a beat. Everything was spot on. Like I never took any, like if I had a, if I had a refeed day, I never took the piss. Like, if anything was asked of me, I made sure that I was doing it to my absolute best ability. And then it got to the point where, obviously, gyms opened back up again. And then I just went fucking ham. Like, you know, when you get the bug, like, obviously, I was so low on confidence. So, for me, it wasn't a state, it wasn't a point of, like, oh, April, we're going to go do a show. It was a gradual increase of, like, okay, let's work, let's work on myself. Let's make sure we're – because I knew what to do. I knew exactly what to do because I've done it before. It was just building that back up again. Um, so making sure that I basically nailed all the basics and then we got to like May time and my coach turned around to me at the time, Tom, um, who's obviously a great friend of mine, obviously been to his wedding, been to his stag mm. 
very good, very good friends. And that's the kind of, that's the person I turned to. And I was like, look, you need to help me. Um, Cause he obviously knew the whole situation with my ex and everything. Like he of course, Cause you're pals. Yeah, yeah. He understood all that. So yeah, like he, he was like, okay, look, we need to do something about this to get this out. Cause he, bro, he prepped me in that 2018 contest. So he knew that I had it in me. He knew yeah, that. Yeah. But, I'd, but I'd also let him down during that 2018 contest. Cause like people were expecting a lot of me in that 2018 prep. Um, and I, I ultimately let myself down, I let my team down, I let him down. And, um, and that's um, one of the main reasons why I fell off the bandwagon so much during 2019 and into 2020 was because like I, I failed that much compared to the expectations that were set of me um, that I, I, let it, I let it get on top of me and I kind of fell out of love with bodybuilding for about a good 12, 12 to 15 months. Um, mm. So yeah, we came back and, and the fire, the energy was in me. Like I had a point to prove. Um, and I was I was not settling, not settling for anything less than than a victory um, on that on that show day. So we ticked every box. We made sure we were doing absolutely everything. And then obviously you get you get to the point where okay now I know what I want. And that that point came in like May May time, and I was like right we're going to do absolutely everything in our power to make sure that we don't don't step on that stage and not not be absolutely proud in what I've done over mm. But uh, let's be honest here, yeah, like. It's absolutely bang out of order that I managed to go from where I was to, to stage ready in that sort of time. Like it was it's madness, honestly. I remember seeing it. I was like, how is that even possible? Oh, um, yeah. But it just goes to show like adherence as well. And obviously yeah. having people go around you and being like mentally focused and all that, but just adherence, like people, people can have a really good day on a diet or have a really good training session or hit their steps one day and feel like amazing. But doing it religiously day on day for three, four, five, six months, that's the difference. Yeah. And I think, like you say, you didn't, you didn't have an extra calorie that you didn't need. You didn't do one less step. And that's the difference between, like you say, what you did. And it just goes to show, and it, people can look at that and, and take admiration from it, that it is possible to completely change everything about it, um, which is mad. I know you've well documented it as well, but I just want to touch on it. So I think you were probably, what, three, four, three, four weeks out. What was this 800 calorie couple of weeks all about? That's fucking ludicrous. So obviously, you got you got to go back all the way to the beginning, right? So obviously, I had no off season. I had no preparation for this for this period that I was going to go into. So it, it it became a situation of by any means necessary, we need to do this, and by any means necessary meant 800 calories a day. Like that's and how long was that for? That was, I mean. I mean, that was that was from three weeks out. And then obviously check in a few days where I didn't eat at all. I did fasted days as well. Um, so yeah, there was there was a time where I met, I looked I looked dry as fuck the next day. I see the photo. I see the photo. It's like a skeleton. Yeah, there was there was a time where I, I fasted for two days straight. I didn't I didn't have anything apart from Diet Coke and uh, water for two days straight. And then I got into the gym that 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 I think it was the Sunday. So I had Friday, Saturday. And there was a Sunday, mate. Oh, fucking, I looked dry. I was peeled, bro. This was like two weeks out. I was like, man, I looked so, I looked flat. I looked skinny, but like, man, like lines were everywhere. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy because I felt like looking in the mirror, I was like, fucking hell. I, 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 that was when I was like, yo, this is going to be good. Because um, what was your, um, when you were doing, because you were like 800 for a couple of weeks, weren't you? What was your macro split? It was literally 220 carbs. No, two, 220 protein zero carbs um and trace fats just chicken 
Chicken and fish. I literally, it was chicken. Because obviously, shout out to my sponsors, Bear Grylls. Obviously, they take care of me uh, with all my chicken needs. Um, they're just a local shop in Worcester. Um, they, they supplied me throughout my whole prep with chicken. So I had unlimited really? supply. Yeah, so I had li- unlimited supply of chicken. Um, yeah, so... Obviously, game changer that, isn't it? 100%. Like, mate, I'll be honest with you, yeah. As much as I can sit here and say I did, I did amazingly well, mate, there were so many people that helped me through this journey. Like, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously they know who they are and I've thanked them a million times already um, and without them without their support and their help and their direction I wouldn't have been able to do what I would have done because mm. man, there were times where bro if you're on 880 calories a day yeah you're bound to lose your shit once in a while do you know what I mean mm. like there's been a I couple of, there were a couple I remember of- saying to you I remember saying to you I reached out to you because this is when I, your YouTube clip come out about like that prep time yeah and I was sat there and I was three weeks out from a photo shoot and I was um I was probably on about 1,600 calories, feeling like death on the spin bike, like just literally like this, just feeling like shit. And I watched that video and suddenly out of nowhere, I got a burst of energy. I just went on a few sprints. So I was like, 1,600 calories seems like a walk in a park now. This kid's been on fucking 800 calories for two weeks. Yeah, no, and I was a big lad. Do you know what I mean? I was, two, I was 210 on stage, so 800 calories. I've got two- a photo, actually, I want to show you. Cool. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And that's six cool. months from that last photo that I put up. Yeah, it's a good shot that is. I like that. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's good. It's good. Did you, uh, did you know you were going to win that show before you stood on stage? Well, to be honest, mate, like, obviously, there, there wasn't a deeper sign. There was two of us. But at the same time, like, I can't control who turns up on that day. And I preliminary, just in case, entered the heavyweight class as well, um, where I got absolutely fucking dicked, mate, to be honest with you, because <laughs> just levels to be seen. But... Yeah, like, for me, it wasn't about, like, it got to the point where it wasn't about the title for me. It was about just making sure I had a platform to showcase all my hard work. Yeah, of course. Like, for me, it was more than just going on, on, going on stage and doing that because at the end of the day, like, a lot of people go to the stage, but I, 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 I know no matter how many people, how many people can say, oh, there was only two of you, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm saying to you, no one can say to me that I didn't look good and I didn't, I didn't, if, if, if there was an alternate universe where there was five or six people in that lineup that I still wouldn't have won anyway. So, I mean, there's one, there's one thing winning when there's two people in the lineup and you're looking shit. And there's one thing completely knowing that people, regardless of who would have turned up, you'd have still won anyway. So like yeah, yeah. people can say, yeah, there were two people in the class. So I can't control that. But what I can yeah. control was the package that I brought and it was fucking crazy. So that's what it's all about. It's a win in itself, regardless if you got the trophy, isn't it? From where it was to where it is now. Exactly. Like you say, you've got that to show now, and I know you've got them all over your, your gaff, haven't you? Pictures galore, medals and that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that. You should be proud of it, mate. And like you say, it reminds you every day of what you achieved, and I think that must be a driving factor for you as well, which is wicked. Um, so from then, obviously, post-show, what's the crack now? What, what are we doing? Well, I mean, I've used that platform successfully to build the business, to build the online coaching business. Yeah, of course. Um, so, Pays yeah. your mum back. Okay. You paid your mum back for the rent. Yeah, mate. Oh, I, I paid. <laughs> me. Like there was, there was still a little bit of money that I had to owe my dad, and I had a really good month. And I just, I went over at Christmas time, and I said, I just literally went over to, I gave him a fucking fat, fat envelope, and he was like, "What's this?" And I was like, "Yeah, there you go. There's your money." I was like, yeah, that's decent. "I need your Christmas present." It is I gave, I think I owed him like a thousand pound, and I gave him one thousand five hundred. I was like, "There you go. There's your fucking Christmas present." Ian. Nice, man. And a bit of interest. Um, but yeah, man. Like at the end of the day, look, I, there's. There's not enough money that I could give to my parents to pay back what they've done to, for me. And, and like, 
everything that they've we don't realize how how, how much the help our parents help us and how much they actually guide us through so Man, mate, the amount of money that you give them back can never be can never be replaced for how much time and energy they put in. But yeah, man. Of course, mate. So what's it now? You're obviously lockdown and all that jazz. Gyms are shut. I see you're doing all your band stuff. That's ticking you over, I guess. But is it just mainly um, you having a bit of an off season now, just growing? Yeah. So um, we want to go pro. We want a pro card. See, see if we can get there. Um, it's a lofty ambition, but. My coach says it's impossible, so I trust what my coach says. He's a good guy, Joe Jeffrey. You know, he? he's got he's got a few very very high quality athletes on his. He'd probably say I'm one of them as well, but I, I know that he's got guys that are fucking miles better than me on his team. Um, mm. And yeah, he said that we can go for a pro card, so we just got to keep it going. We've got to keep it moving. Obviously, the situation isn't ideal with the resistance bands, but I'm in the same boat as everybody else. I'm not one yeah. of those fucked off to Dubai. Um, <laughs> That's um, a dig because I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> nah, mate, listen, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck off soon, mate. I'm gonna spend my 24th birthday over there. But um, I, I actually, I actually made a good decision. I, I spoke to a few people, and I was, I was very, very close, very, very close to jetting off to Dubai. And I had a conversation with a few people, and I said, "Look, what could be more beneficial for my business, staying here or going to Dubai?" And every single person said, "Look, if it's a business decision, you need to stay here." So, like, I took that. And, and yeah, my, I've obviously got I've got a little uh, little note in the board. There. There's obviously gained 25 clients in the next six to eight weeks. Um, my, my, is that your wall or is that a whiteboard? I can't see. Basically, you get a little thing. It's a little sheet. Yeah, you just stick it to the wall and it just sticks. Ah, uh, okay. I thought you'd literally wrote on your wall. <laughs> I was like, I hope that rubs off, lad. Yeah. So like, yeah. So the, the, the target is to obviously earn 10k a month in the next like three months. So yeah, and that's just purely through coaching. Yeah. So that yeah. It's mad. It's like it's crazy. If if I can do that before April this year, I'll have gone a full twelve months from going four hundred pound March and April in the bank to ten grand in one month, which would be fucking ridiculous. So that's it, man. That's obviously. I think that's down to obviously what you've done to kind of lead by example from your photos and stuff like that. Obviously, social media and stuff, but you can kind of put yourself in their shoes of being in that negative headspace and making making a change and stuff like that, which is. Which is wicked, mate. Um, I won't keep you too much longer now because I know you've you got money to make. But um, in terms of if someone was watching this now and they're, they're a youngster in the gym or what would be kind of a few things that you would say to them that you'd want someone to tell you at that point? Like, you know, what would you say to them if they're just starting out there, either bodybuilding or, or fitness career? I would always say follow the person who is doing the best in that area. So, for instance, if you're in the gym, follow the guy who's the biggest cunt in there and watch what he does. <laughs> what if they want to do physique? No, but, but look, at the end of the day, whatever it is, if it's, if it's the, the best guy in physique in the gym, if it's the best guy in bodybuilding, whatever your category is, ask them. Because bodybuilding is inherently the same thing. It's, it's consistency and making sure that you ask the right people and getting that knowledge from the right person. Because that, those, do you know what? The first four to 12 weeks that anybody spends in the gym is the most crucial time. That is the time where you have to come out of your comfort zone and ask the people that you, that you might be scared of because us juicehead turkeys, mate, we're not exactly the most <laughs> people in the world. Yeah, yeah, got you. You need to make sure that you're following the people that are at the top of the game and making sure that you're asking questions. Observe, listen, observe, listen, observe. That's the thing I would say. And try and get all of this information, process it and, and learn from it because... 
like at the end of the day knowledge is power and and all of this knowledge has just come down and, and come down by generations by generations yeah. Yeah, i love that so that was one that's be one thing that i could say to anybody who's starting off just uh look at who's successful follow them observe them see what they do and try and i wouldn't say ever mimic them you don't have to mimic anybody um because be yourself why, why would you be anybody else because everybody else is taken be yourself um, yes mate definitely so yeah well, that's what i would say 100 percent wicked man so where where can people find you then plug away so people i'm on instagram underscore steven physique uh i've also just got tiktok steven physique i've also got here youtube oh, you're not one of them tiktokers man whoa i've been told i've been told <laughs> i've been told by my mentor that we need to do tiktok so fuck knows what we're gonna try <laughs> i see you doing some dancing and that yeah yeah we'll get a bit of a little shuffling out hey, hey. all right see yeah uh, I'll, I'll look out for them but yeah obviously i'll tag you in all of this on on the link below and stuff but Mate, all the best with with your future. <clears throat> Remember me when you've got a pro card and uh, I'll catch you soon, bro. Back on the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, you're back on when you're pro, yeah? Yeah, well, of course, my man, of course. All right, you heard it here first. You take care, mate. Thank you very much. See you later, man. Take care. Speak to you soon.